Hey there, Lisa here. I hope you're staying safe and well as we're now in this modified phase two of reopening. WFAE is committed to keeping you informed each step of the way. For the latest on the coronavirus and its impact on the community, make sure to go to WFAE.org. With that said, let's start the episode. It's Thursday, May 28th, and 88 days separate us from the scheduled start of the Republican National Convention in Charlotte. Or should we say in Atlanta, Jacksonville, or Orlando? Florida would love to have the RNC. From WFAE, Charlotte's NPR source, I'm Lisa Worf. And I'm Steve Harrison. And this is the Inside Politics Podcast, the RNC in Charlotte. A tweet from President Trump on Monday seemed to put the hosting of the RNC up for bid. The president gave Governor Roy Cooper an ultimatum in which the president wrote the governor is in, quote, a shutdown mood and that Republicans must be immediately given an answer as to whether or not the space will be allowed to be fully occupied. That space being the Spectrum Center. Fully occupied? Well, the RNC had originally planned on hosting 10,000 people inside. If the state doesn't give us that assurance, Trump said, quote, we will be reluctantly forced to find another site. And Vice President Mike Pence seconded that later that morning on Fox and Friends. We all want to be in Charlotte. We love North Carolina. Uh, But uh, having a sense now is absolutely essential because of the immense preparations that are involved. And if needs be. Moving uh, the National Convention uh, to a state that that is farther along on reopening and and can say with confidence that, that we can gather there. He mentioned Georgia, Texas, and Florida as states that could host the convention. And the next day, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis raised their hands. We're going to unpack all of this. What are the chances another city would take all or part of the RNC? And could any other place give the president the assurances he asked North Carolina Governor Cooper for? Could the city of Charlotte be stuck with millions of dollars in unreimbursed security expenses? And what happens to the $70 million the local host committee is responsible for raising in the event the RNC moves? Or if the convention is only a fraction of what was promised? Okay, so let's touch on quickly the state of reopening in North Carolina that seems to have gotten the president so riled up. We're in phase two, and no more than 10 people can gather inside at a time. North Carolina Health and Human Services Secretary Mandy Cohen told me last week that if the number of coronavirus cases in the state continue to go up, mass gatherings are going to be a big challenge. We know just from looking at the evidence that these mass gatherings are places where a lot of people come together. That That is a recipe for viral spread, right? Particularly when you are indoors and you are close together for longer periods of time, right? So I'm, I'm describing the spectrum center. Um, and so... <laughs> That's challenging. It is It is really challenging. I think it is too early to say what does that really mean. Her advice for the Republican National Committee is hope for the best and plan for the worst. And she said her team has been in contact with those organizing the convention. We got a glimpse of that this week. Cohen released a letter she sent last week to Marsha Lee Kelly, the CEO of the convention, asking for a written safety plan for the convention, as well as for the GOP to plan out different scenarios. On Tuesday, Cooper refused to give an answer about whether the RNC can go on as planned. He just said, we don't know what situation we'll be in three months from now. I will say that it's okay for 
political conventions to be political, but pandemic response cannot be. Following Cooper's press conference, Trump, when pressed, came up with a deadline to hear from the governor. We need a fast decision from the governor. He's going to have to, because he's he's been acting very, very slowly and very suspiciously, but we'll find out. All right, question, please. So, what's, so in terms of soon, are we talking a week, two well, we weeks, need, a month? Yeah, I mean, we can't take, we're talking about a very short period of time. It's a massive expenditure, and we have to know, yeah, I would say within a week. Now, is this all bluster, a way to blame the need for a smaller convention on a Democratic governor? Or could a city in another state promise a full-scale convention now? There's two ways to look at this, public health and political will. Let's look at the three states that Pence mentioned as states that have reopened quickly, Texas, Georgia, and Florida. Now, Georgia and Florida's governors have offered to hold the RNC, but it really comes down to city leaders to make that call. And no city in those states bid on hosting the RNC in 2018. In fact, no city in the nation bid on hosting the convention at all, except Charlotte. Let's look at Georgia. Atlanta is a Democratic enclave. And Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms said she's out. That leaves, what, Savannah, Macon? I don't think anyone thinks those cities can stage even a 10,000-person convention. As for Texas, state Republican leaders have said, we're game. But as for the logistics, Craig Davis, the CEO of the Dallas Tourism Bureau, says it's difficult to pull off a political convention in normal times on such short notice. As for the assurance Trump has said he's looking for? Not one city in Texas could give assurance to the RNC about our ability to pack an arena or to maintain social distancing or anything like this post-COVID world. We simply don't have direction from any of our agencies that would otherwise be given that type of permission to us. He says there's just so many question marks at this point. Any convention that we have in the future, in the near term, won't likely be the same size as what it was originally booked for. So I don't believe that the RNC or the DNC's conventions would be different from this. So we don't think that we would have be able to be at full capacity under current conditions. So it sounds like Dallas is out. And even though Texas is a red state, almost all of its major cities have Democratic mayors. Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. And even though the response to the virus is supposed to be apolitical. Well, it just isn't. So let's move to Florida. And again, it's a very similar situation to Texas. Red state or reddish state and largely blue cities. Orlando, Tampa, Miami. They've made no noises about hosting. The only city that did is Jacksonville. It has a Republican mayor and a Republican city council. The mayor said he'd be honored to host the RNC there. But Republican council member Matt Carlucci said maybe, but not so fast. If I was in administrative leadership or if this comes before the council, I'd really want to talk to a lot of health specialists and get as much information as I could before I started packing thousands and thousands of people into a small arena. Jacksonville has hosted a Super Bowl, so it could do something that large. But Governor DeSantis's offer did come with a caveat. He said, we should try to get it done as best we can in accordance with whatever safety requirements. It seems like we're back to 2018, where the GOP is trying to drum up interest in another city hosting the convention. Remember, that's what the party did with that late bid by the state Republican Party in Nevada to bring the convention to Las Vegas. 
even though the city, county, and tourism authority there weren't involved. So even if another city rolls out the red carpet for Republicans, promising a full-scale convention anywhere seems tough. And behind the scenes, the New York Times has reported the White House is looking at the possibility of a pared-down convention. Even Trump, it reports, has asked aides why it can't be held in a hotel ballroom in Florida, given the health concerns. And the thing is, there's no way that North Carolina can assure the GOP convention can move forward like they want. Because based on the trends here, we are arguably in worse shape than Georgia and Florida. Our hospitalizations are going up. Our cases are going up. And those trends may start to level, or maybe not. Okay, we're going to take a break now. When we get back, we're going to look at what obligations the RNC has to Charlotte. Can it contractually be moved? And if it is, or if it's scaled down, what happens to the money the city has spent on it, and donors too? That's coming up on Inside Politics, the RNC in Charlotte. Hey folks, today's podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you to the listeners who submitted their questions on wfae.org slash insidepolitics. And thank you to the listeners who made a contribution to WFAE to support breaking news and in-depth reporting. If you're enjoying today's episode and learning something new from Inside Politics, the RNC in Charlotte, make sure to give this podcast a rating and review in your favorite podcast app. And if you want to support the podcast even further, become a member of WFAE with a donation of any amount, $5, 10 $15, you name it. Just hit the donate button on wfae.org slash insidepolitics. And thanks. Okay, we're back. Let's start tackling a few of those important questions about the RNC's obligations to Charlotte. Steve, can the RNC move the convention? Well, its contract with the city doesn't allow the RNC to move. But that doesn't mean it can't. The GOP would argue that Cooper's rules won't allow the convention to move forward. And right now, remember those rules only allow for inside gatherings of 10 people at the most. But phase two rules do allow for the Spectrum Center to stage made-for-TV events like a sporting event or a concert. And all of the people who would be required to put that event on, athletes or performers or tech crew, would be exempt from that 10-person mass gathering limit. We wondered what that would mean for delegates. Would RNC delegates count as spectators and be subject to any limit on mass gatherings? Or would they be considered essential? Here's Cohen. That would be a spectator, in my mind, right? They'd be sitting in sort of the spectator parts of the Spectrum Center. So under phase two right now, you can have more people at a swimming pool than you can have delegates at the RNC. And phase two extends until June 26th, though that could be moved up or extended. And Ronna McDaniel, chair of the Republican National Committee, has said early July is key in terms of deciding what kind of convention will take place in Charlotte. Now, the city could sue the RNC and force them to come, right? Or maybe the reaction would just be good riddance? Yeah, they may not put up any protest. There was a recent 6-5 vote on whether to accept the city's $50 million federal security grant. The council members who voted no did so as a protest vote. City council member Malcolm Graham voted in favor of accepting the money. But would he try and make the RNC stay in Charlotte? I can't speak for council. I can speak for myself. I won't because my concern is the public health not appeasing the president. As for Mayor Vi Lyles, the convention has been a headache for two years. First because of the blowback over agreeing to host, and now the pandemic. She's taking a very neutral approach in her public comments. 
The health and safety of our residents and visitors have always been the top priority. And we will continue to follow the guidance from Governor Cooper and the public health professionals to determine the best and safest way to host the Republican National Convention. Okay, what if the RNC chooses to hold a small convention here with only delegates meeting in small groups to formally nominate the president? And the president may not even need to come in that case. The Charlotte City attorney, Patrick Baker, says that still counts per the contract. There's nothing in that document that talks about the number of people that have to be here, the number of beds that they're going to take up at our hotels. I don't even think that there's a reference to the actual president of the United States. Okay, about that security grant, the city has already started spending money on security for the convention. The Department of Justice has agreed to reimburse the city up to $50 million in security costs. That's standard for a convention. But what happens if the RNC moves or remains in Charlotte, but in a diminished state? Yeah, the city says it's already spending money on buying police equipment for the convention, but citing security concerns, it won't say what. But yeah, I think it's a valid concern that Charlotte might not get paid back. The Justice Department, of course, is run by William Barr, whom some see as a Trump loyalist. Picture this. The president doesn't hold the convention here, or there's a convention that's only a fraction of what was originally envisioned. Would Trump want to give money to a city that he feels spurned him? Here's Republican City Council Member Ed Driggs. When we did formally accept it, we were entitled legally to rely on it. We would go to court if they tried to withhold that money. So, okay, the city is legally entitled to be reimbursed for all of those security expenses. But if it all goes badly, that check might not be in the mail for a while. Another important question. Again, if the convention moves or is scaled back, what happens to the $70 million the local host committee is tasked with raising? Yeah, that money goes to things like building the stage, renting the arena, and transportation. John Lasseter, the president of the local host committee, said he's raised about $50 million so far. A lot of that money has been raised on the promise that it's a way to showcase Charlotte to the world. I asked Lasseter how much of that money is already in the bank. I'm not going to discuss how, how much particularly raised or from who or when. So we're, we're in a good place for paying our bills. And um, we're continuing to raise money, and we're confident we'll be in the position to put on the convention we promised Charlotte. And has the RNC said anything, if there is a paired-back convention, what happens to that $70 million that you might not have to use all of it? Does that go to the convention? Well, I don't speak for the RNC. We work with them to put this convention on. And um, we're, we're going we're gonna to play the handout we have, put on as you know a convention that allows us to showcase our community, uh, talk about the resiliency that we have, the strength of our businesses, and, and uh, let the world see you know, what Charlotte is, let them meet Charlotte. Now, I spoke with Laster last week before Trump threatened to move the convention. We asked the Republican National Committee that same question this week, adding, what would happen with that money if the convention moved to another state? And we heard nothing back. Now, Duke Energy is one of those big donors to the host committee. At the company's annual shareholder meeting earlier this month, CEO Lynn Good said its contribution will be commensurate with other large companies in Charlotte. The Republican National Convention will be a great opportunity to bring economic development to our headquarters city here in Charlotte, North Carolina. She went on to say, given the current impact of the virus, Duke is monitoring the ongoing developments and working with the city and organizers as planning continues. 
We followed up with Duke this week after the president's comments to see if they may be rethinking a contribution. A spokesman says it's a little premature to discuss that. And that's where we'll leave it. Many thanks to Steve Harrison helping us navigate North Carolina politics amid the coronavirus pandemic as political reporter for WFAE. Happy to help, Lisa. That concludes today's episode of Inside Politics. For continued coverage of the coronavirus outbreak and its impact on Charlotte, go to WFAE.org. And you can listen to this podcast every other Thursday and subscribe to Inside Politics, the RNC in Charlotte, on Apple Podcasts, NPR One, and WFAE.org slash Inside Politics. If you like the episode, make sure to give it a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Please take care and stay safe. Until next time, I'm Lisa Worf. Catch you real soon on Inside Politics, the RNC in Charlotte.